Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast to help us weather the storms of life by sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I'm very thankful that you have taken time out to listen in today, and I'm really looking forward to our study. Today we want to discuss the reality of pressure as a storm we face in this life. Pressure is defined as continuous force being exerted, either internally or externally. There's a word in that definition that really stands out to us, and it is the word continuous. Pressure is not something that is applied just for a a moment, but rather pressure is something that is continually forced on us. It's also interesting to think about it being external pressure and internal pressure. External pressure is pressure that comes from without. Internal pressure, of course, is the pressure that comes from within, pressure that we uh, place on ourselves. You might think about that being in the workplace. Think of the pressure that you have to meet deadlines, pressure that you have to meet certain requirements. And a lot of that pressure can cause us to, to make mistakes sometimes if we're not prepared. When I think about pressure, I think about being in the sporting world. Think about sports, for example. Think about certain sports. I think about basketball. Think about being on the free throw line. Your team is down two. You got two shots. If you make both shots, your team has a chance to go into overtime. If you miss just one, because there's no time left on the clock, that'll be it. And there's a lot of pressure to make those shots. Think about in the game of baseball. Think about being on the mound. The mound is the loneliest place in the world. I've been on it many times in in some heavy pressure situations. Bases loaded, full count, two outs, best hitter in the lineup, so you've got to get him out. Base hit, scores of the winning run. So there's pressure that the pitcher feels. There's also pressure on the hitter. The pressure uh, for him to make contact, to to take a walk, whatever he has to do, but there's pressure on both sides of that. You think about the game of football. Think about the two-minute drill. Your team is down uh, six, so field goals out of the question. You've got to drive the field, you've got to score a touchdown, and you've got to make the extra point. Or think about the kicker who's got to hit a game-winning field goal and the pressure that is on him. And so when I think about pressure, I think about being in the sporting world and thinking about both the external and internal forces continually working on you. If you're prepared, then you can shine, you can, uh, you can thrive under pressure. There are some athletes who the more pressure you put on them, the better they play, the better they perform. And that, of course, has to do with preparation, the proper mindset. So when the moment comes, You're ready. Today we want to think about that from a spiritual standpoint, about preparing yourself, about being in the moment when there's a lot of pressure to do something wrong, how can you rise to the occasion and do what is right? Today we want to look to the Old Testament to look at an example of three young men who were able to weather the storm of pressure. If you have your Bibles nearby, I invite you to the book of Daniel. As you're opening to the book of Daniel, we want to begin in in chapter 1. And this will help us to lay the foundation, to set the stage, if you will, for our study. We begin as we open up to the book of Daniel that in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and he besieged it. The text says that the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, 
He carried these into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. He brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Now what's interesting as you continue to read is not only did he depart with these physical treasures, but he also departed with people. He departed with souls. In verse 3, Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, was told to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants, and some of the nobles. They were to be young men in whom there was no blemish. They had to be good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And so as you go down to the text of verse 6, we find out there uh, we have four young men who were named, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Now, we know the name of Daniel. We're familiar with that, but sometimes we may not be familiar with those other three names, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But in verse 7, we read this. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. Now, we know those three names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those are the three names that we want to focus on uh, today in this episode. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how they were able to weather the storm of pressure. And so with that, we go to Daniel chapter 3. And this is one of the most powerful, most compelling accounts in all the uh, the scripture. And we think about this uh, account, and it's one that, that just motivates us. It's one that's extremely encouraging to us. I know for me, it's one that I've been hearing since I was my son's age. He's four years old. And I can just remember hearing this story and and seeing it. And now that I'm older, the application that is there is truly amazing. And I hope that through this episode that we can make that application to our own lives. As you open up to Daniel chapter 3, we read of King Nebuchadnezzar, who made an image of gold. His height was 60 cubits, his width six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar was full of himself. He sent word to uh, gather together all these individuals, all these those who were high up, you might say, to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. He wanted everyone to see this wonderful structure that would honor him. We read in verse 4 that a herald, a herald is one who proclaims the news of the king, cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages. At the time you hear the sound of all these different instruments, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now I want you to think for a moment about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here are young men far away from home, These are young men who are trying to learn the new language, learn the literature, learn uh, everything about this new society that they're in. And can you imagine the pressure that they felt? The pressure of having to see everybody else bowing down to this image. Here they are in the midst of it. Here they are hearing one of the most powerful men in the world making this image. What a scene that must have been. No doubt they heard the news that whoever does not fall down in worship will be cast into a fiery furnace. But we want to continue in this account to see what took place. In verse 8 we read that at the time certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree 
Everyone who hears the sound of, of all this kind of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. Whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Verse 12, there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. I wonder how Nebuchadnezzar felt when he heard that news. Do you think he was pleased with that? Look at verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Verse 15, he says, Now if you're ready, in other words, I'm going to act like that didn't happen. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you a second chance to make things right. If you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, and all these kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, then good. But if you do not, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Again, think about the pressure that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego must have felt. Pressure from within, pressure from without. We talk about peer pressure in our world today. It was definitely at an all-time high. Everybody in the whole region, when they heard the music, bowed down and worshipped Nebuchadnezzar. How easy it would have been for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to say, well, everybody else is doing it. Let's just do what everybody else is doing. It's so much easier to do that. And that's what the world tells us today. But these men knew that they worshipped the one true God. And they could not go against that and worship this made-up God, this one that was made in the image of Nebuchadnezzar. How did they handle it? What did they do? Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. You want to talk about some fortitude? You want to talk about some, just some, some strength that they had? Think about what they were able to say to Nebuchadnezzar. We understand the terms. We get it. We know that if we don't bow down, we're going to be cast into the fire. But listen, the God that we serve, he's able to deliver us. But even if he decides not to, we're not going to worship the God that you've made. We're not going to serve him. We're going to worship and serve the one true God in heaven. What a statement of faith. What a, a, an awesome example for us. And these are young men. These are young people making this statement. And I hope that we will all have that kind of faith as we go through uh, the Nebuchadnezzars of our lives, trying to tell us how we need to do this and how we need to do that. No, we, need, we ought to obey God rather than men what we find in the book of Acts. So we've noticed through this account what is taking place. Nebuchadnezzar wants everyone to bow down and worship him. If they do not, they're going to be cast into fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego know exactly what's at stake, and yet they keep their faith and their trust in God. So we continue in verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression of his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And seven is the number of completion. So he's saying, 
I want you to make it as hot as you can. I want them to feel the full wrath of what they have done. So he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the fiery furnace. Here's what's amazing, verse 22. Because the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into it. So picture that in your mind. Think about the pressure that that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are feeling. And they're thrown into this fiery furnace. But then verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and he said, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They said, True, O king. Then he said, Look, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the fourth is the form like the Son of God. It's truly amazing that they were able to go through this fiery furnace and not even smell like it. You know, you sit around a bonfire for a little bit, you come home that night, your clothes smell like fire. There's just nothing you can do about it. These three young men went through the fire and didn't even smell like it. Not a not one whit of their bodies smelled like it. They weren't hurt in the least. God was able to protect them and to preserve them because they kept their faith and trust in him. As we close out this chapter, verses 26 through 30, we read that Nebuchadnezzar came to realize that there is one true God. And in verse 28, he said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. They have frustrated the king's word. They yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. And in verse 30, we read that the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Again, this is one of the great chapters of Scripture. It's always been one that's, that's encouraged me. When we think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and how they were able to weather the storm of pressure and what an encouragement that is to us today. As we, make, as we close out this episode, as we try to make the application, I want to submit three thoughts to you, and I hope that this will help you as you weather the storm of pressure. The first thing that we notice about them and how they were able to weather the storm is that they faced the fury with a proper perspective. They knew that Nebuchadnezzar was serious. They knew that he was a powerful man. They knew that he was great in the eyes of man. But they also knew that there is one true God in heaven, and his power and his greatness is far greater than any kind of power or greatness a man can have in this world. You know, as we make the application today, we think about what Jesus said. Fear not him who can kill the body, but fear him who can kill the body and the soul in hell. Matthew ten twenty eight. Sometimes we're consumed with that and we give in to the pressure, the peer pressure, the pressure of society. We need to remember that God is the one in control and we need to fear him. Be in awe of him, respect him, and not allow anything to take us away from doing what we know is right based on what we have in the word of God. We also read in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We don't have to fear the fury that we face in this world if we will keep the proper perspective, knowing that God will carry us through. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31 A second thought. They were able to weather the storm of pressure not only by facing the fury with a proper perspective, but they were able to weather the storm of pressure 
because they kept their focus on God. I love how when Nebuchadnezzar came to them and said, I'm going to give you another chance. Okay, I'm going to act like that didn't happen. Uh, Maybe you didn't hear it, but this time when you hear it, you know what to do. And it's almost as if they said, listen, we know. (laughs) We don't even have to answer you. We, We know what you're trying to say, but we're not going to do it. We are going to keep our focus on God. If he's, he's able to save us, there's no doubt. But if he chooses not to, we're still not going to bow down to any other God. We are going to worship and serve the one true God of heaven. And so by them keeping their focus on God, they were able to withstand and weather the storm of pressure. In today's society, there's so many things that can take our focus off of God. But we can do what the Hebrews writer said. Lay aside the weight and sin which does so easily beset us, and look unto Jesus as we run the race with patience, looking unto him who is the perfect example for us, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of God. If we will keep our focus on Jesus, we can weather the storm of pressure. A third and final thought. Not only did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weather the storm of pressure, by facing the fury with a proper perspective and by keeping their focus on God. They weathered the storm of pressure because they were able to overcome the fear and the flame by their faith. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. They never wavered in their faith, did they? They kept that trust. And even under this amazing amount of pressure, no doubt they felt from without and within, They kept their faith, and God carried them through. The Apostle Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. 2 Timothy 1.12 John says, Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. 1 John 5.4 We read in Hebrews 13.5 and 6 that God is not going to leave us nor forsake us so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Dear friends, we can weather the storm of pressure by keeping our faith and our focus in and on God. As we look to the example of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we we see that they were able to do so and God carried them through. And I hope and pray that we will be encouraged to know that that same God who carried them through the fire will carry us through the fire as we strive to live for Him. It may be the case that you feel pressure all around you. Stress from your job, stress from your marriage, pressure to be the best because of unrealistic expectations set before you. Maybe you've just gotten caught up in the world around us, and maybe this pressure has caused you to to cave in. I hope and pray that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm of pressure, trusting that God will carry you through. May God bless you as you weather the storm.